Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 250 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thanks so much for being here today. Just hang on, hang on, the beat's about to drop. Wait. There we go, just had to let the beat drop a little bit. 250 episodes, episode 250. What a cool number. Why is it a cool number? I don't know, it's just a big number, it's like a marker number, it's a a quarter of the way to a thousand. Am I gonna go to a thousand? I don't know, yeah, I mean yes, let's go. Let's go to a thousand, why not? Let's go beyond a thousand, maybe that. You're here to, to listen and to hear the story of today's guest. Now, who is that guest? Today's guest for episode 250 is Monty Edie. He's a graphic designer and entrepreneur, creative director at Me Design Studios, co-founder of Like Minds Incorporated out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. During this episode, we talk about the startup life. We talk about a whole bunch of different unique experiences in and around the design field that all really pointed him into this direction in his own unique direction. We, uh, we reminisce on our times in theater and, and musicals. I was big into musicals and theater stuff as a kid. He was into it, so it's fun to jam on that. Theater kids are cool. You know they are. He shares with us some of the tech companies that he looks up to and that he appreciates the design for, the creative that they're putting out there in the world. He then shares with us a story about the Microsoft design situation where he, uh, he received some terrible feedback right out of the blue, unsuspecting, terrible feedback. Talk about the struggle of marketing himself to grow his own businesses. And I think that's a common one. We all face that. And right near the end, he shares with us about a nonprofit design project and why he's so proud of it. One of my previous guests, Keisha Greer, had recommended Monty to me, had a great conversation with him, and I'm so happy to share that with you now. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into episode 250 here with my guest, Mr. Monty Edie. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Monty, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you, sir? Good, good. Thank you for having me. No, it's my pleasure. Believe me. So before we get too deep into this, are you ready for a quickie, Monty? Yes. I believe it. I believe it. I saw the genuine look in your eyes. <laughs> so I want to get you started. You saw the glow. Yes. Yeah, I saw the glow. <laughs> so let's get this started by kicking it over to you. And uh, why don't you briefly tell the listeners about yourself? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, my name is Monty Edie. I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, born and raised. I... Uh, attended UW 
Milwaukee, well, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, uh, and I got my degree in, uh, bachelor's degree in fine arts and graphic design. I uh, actually left college and I started a, I started a startup mm-hmm. uh, called, which is now called Like Minds, which is a platform focused on helping black founders and startups find technical talent at an affordable rate. Cool. Um, and uh, throughout that process, I've done contract design work. I've also been a STEM and design educator uh, for a science museum called Discovery World. Uh, I've worked with uh, cool companies such as Wilson Sporting Goods, Subaru, uh, Taste of Home, and Family Handyman. Um, and uh, now I am just full-fledged focused on Like Minds Incorporated and Me Design Studios. Awesome. So Me Design Studios, you're cranking away on freelance stuff, looking for, for contracts to sort of continue that, and then hustling and growing Like Minds on the side as well. Yep. So they're kind of like both like I split them, I split them up in the day. So like during the morning time, I would do more me design studio stuff. And in the mm-hmm. afternoon, I would do a lot of my like mind stuff. Got it. So how long have you been cranking away on those? So like minds, I started with since I was in college. That was 2012. Uh, so uh, for anyone that's interested in tech, it is a long road. <laughs> um, <laughs> um uh, I so I originally designed uh, what is now like minds as a student. Um, There's a couple of problems that I saw within the college university when it came to finding people to build something with. Mm-hmm. Um, as designers, we were uh, faced with the uh, the problem of solving a problem by building a product or service. And mm-hmm. most of our graphic designers in the senior years do this at UWM. And uh, there was a I had I had a double edged sword kind of situation where I actually worked on campus as well. So I had resources that a lot of the other college students in my classes didn't have. Uh, so so just to skim through that really quickly, the original problem that I saw was there was a lack of uh, a free flow of information going from one department to the next within mm-hmm. your own university, which is information silos. Yeah. And earlier on, as I started to you know get more familiar with this, I learned that these things are naturally created. Um, uh, but also there's a lot of red tape and on, on the reasons why some of those things are there, uh, which really sucks, you know, especially for the student. Um, and I saw that as a problem for us because, you know, as we were developing these products and services and, you know, we, we're hella by designers, right. Or we're getting ready to be, uh, but we had to do a business plan mm-hmm. or, and then we also had to have some type of visual product. Right. So like, yeah, we can make it look cool as shit. Right. But, you know, for us to have, you know, some people are doing websites, some people were doing apps, some were doing actual products. So being able to have access to the architecture students or being able to have access to the other computer science students uh, within our own campus, being able to actually have access to the business students, which which if you look at UW-Milwaukee, literally is a right across like a little corridor and they're on the other side, right? So, but... Um, we didn't have access to these people. So a lot of this stuff we had to figure out. So mm-hmm. um, with that project, I started working on developing like kind of like a website app kind of situation with this. And early on, I didn't realize that I was doing user experience, user interface design. I just saw what I was doing as, you know, potentially trying to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout my, throughout our, our showcase, which we had, uh, which was in downtown, which was pretty cool. A lot of people kept coming up to me like, Hey, you should talk to this person and give me a business card. Hey, you should talk to this person and give me a business card. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. 
does that mean I'm going to get an A? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, um, and so my entrepreneurship, uh, curiosity started to kick in. Um, and fast forward to our se- our last semester in our senior year, mm-hmm. we got who is now my mentor on board. His name's Greg Meyer, really dope guy. Um, he pretty much said, hey, Monty, you should continue to work on this. You're getting ready to get your degree in graphic design. You're going to be able to get a job anywhere. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. You should just focus on this. And so pretty much that's what I did. So when I graduated, I uh, worked for a science, the Science Museum as a design educator. Um, so it, it would allow me to still use graphic design, but also use uh, science and STEM in a process. So I traveled around Wisconsin to do that within schools and uh, also at Discovery World. Um, <clears throat> and then I, you know, I just traveled and did a lot of things within the tech space. And you know, up until now, you know, we're at a point where we actually have a platform that's getting ready to launch. So, you know, seven, seven and a half, eight years later, but, you know, the experiences in the process uh, uh, changed a lot for me. So Mm -hmm. up until uh, two years ago, um, I was still working for other people. So I was doing contract work and I also was uh, a STEM educator for a nonprofit called COA. And uh, because of how they handled COVID, I just completely parted ties with them, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, and I felt like, you know, that's unsafe. People were people were uh, getting, uh, becoming positive and stuff like that. So me and my wife talked about it and I decided to just walk away from that. And so what yeah. I did was I decided to go into me design completely full time. And so, uh, yeah, so now I'm just balancing both of those two. <laughs> So when you decided that, you know, this is the best decision to just go full-time into this, um, was that a tough decision? No. um, Early on, I got a chance to do an intern. When I got back from Italy, so I studied abroad in Italy for design and art. And actually, I picked up my photography skills over there, too. And uh, when I got back from that, because I had to come back from studying abroad to get into the graphic design program, Mm -hmm. because... I wanted to stay a whole year, but I ended up just staying like the, you know, three and a half months, but I really wanted to stay the whole year, but I had to come back to get into the program. And um, that semester, I ended up getting my first internship and it was at a tech company. Uh, so I was pretty excited, right? And pretty, you know, this is dope. I'm, I'm getting, to, getting ready to work under another professional designer. So I'll get to learn some things. Come to find out I am the actual designer. <laughs> so, 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 uh, it was it it was it was a early on it wasn't really a learning curve but it was one of those things where I was just thrown out to the sharks, and I've been in that situation before because I worked in IT on campus and my boss Kyle, another cool guy, but just started just throwing me to the sharks when it came to stuff when it came to IT stuff. So I kind of got into that habit of like, hey, I'm gonna be in situations where I'm either a not fully knowledge knowledgeable on what's going on or b I don't know what their process is and I have to figure it out. So. Um, yeah, I ended up being, uh, their designer and I was doing some cool stuff with them, but come to find out, I just didn't like corporate work mm-hmm. and I didn't like the corporate cubicle space, that type of thing. I didn't really care about hearing other people's problems, no offense to them and, you know, stuff like that. But like I came in as a designer and this, you know, I had a focus and, um, early on, like throughout that process, I learned that I didn't want to be in a cubicle situation, um, uh, working as a designer. And the well, funny thing is I ended up doing that later on for a year contract with uh, uh, Taste of Home. 
And but um, like when I did Subaru and I did Wilson Sporting Goods, it, it wasn't more of it was kind of cubicle, but it was more spacious where you have access mm-hmm. to the other creatives in this space. Um, so, yeah. And then I just realized I don't like taking orders from people <laughs> for the most part, um, especially if it's not constructive criticism. So I think one of my experiences, I didn't have um, really good trained designer bosses bosses mm-hmm. that were designers so yeah. it's like you know i had a, a situation where i was really micromanaged and it drove me insane yeah um, that's a tough spot yeah it's a really tough spot because it's like hey i'm doing my job but i don't need you to constantly look over my shoulder um and then also i was looking for when i was tasked to do something i remember i was doing a magazine spread and um, it was really my first time doing a magazine spread like that. You know, you do them in school, but like when you're doing them into the real world, it was kind of tough. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of getting like real constructive criticism that helped me get better at this, I can hear her talking negatively about my work. <laughs> right. So I can hear her saying these things. And, you know, we're in a space where I can hear you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so where you kind of um, poke your head up and be like, yo, I can hear you. Right. So, <laughs> For me, it was like, you know, it was a good, it was a gut check. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just, but I didn't like let that stop me from doing other things and in, in that nature. But um, yeah, it was just mainly the micromanaging part that really took the taste out of my mouth when it came to, you know, working at some of these companies, especially as a black designer, mm-hmm. when a, in a lot of these situations where I was the only black designer. So what I'm hearing from you, Auntie, is that you've got a lot of these different experiences, you know, trying this now, this doesn't feel right, trying this, okay, that doesn't quite feel right, you know, and through all these different experiences, it's all sort of pointed you in the direction of you need to be focusing on your freelance and building that business, you need to be focusing on like minds and building that business. And just through the natural gut feelings of these different experiences, it's pointed you down that path of where you really should be focusing your efforts. Right. So one yeah. thing, right. So I, over that time is once I started talking to more people and people started knowing that, uh, or aware of what I do and mm-hmm. that I actually get the work done. Uh, one thing I really harp on is integrity. I always mm-hmm. care about making sure people know that I will get the job done or mm-hmm. I am known to get the job done. Um, so um, I started building relationships with people over time and people just started to reach out to me. And, um, awesome. and, you know, I, I was doing, I did photography for a long period of time. I worked for a photography company where we went around Wisconsin taking school pictures. So I have the school portraits and senior pictures under my belt as well. Um, and, um, being able to do all these things, which created other relationships with people because they liked who I was as a person. And mm-hmm. that allowed them to be comfortable with coming and saying, hey, I need some services done for, from you. And I'm willing to pay what you want you, you, you offer because I like what you do and I like you. Mm-hmm. So I want to kick this back in time even further, Monty. I've kind of got a good picture of, you know, the last decade or so of these different experiences pointing you down this path. I want to kick this all the way back to childhood. And what was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this creative direction? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> uh, my mom uh, uh, is a seamstress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always, always say like, oh, my mom likes to sew. She's a seamstress and and yeah. she was really into the arts. And I really, it really didn't register until I got older um, because, you know, it's your mom. She's just doing stuff. Yeah, and she's, uh, she's just doing stuff. <laughs> and um, 
I, I was always in love with drawing. I always, uh, as a drawer, there was a couple kids. It was, co- it was like a core group of us in elementary school that we all drew. And uh, in my in fourth grade was the first time I actually sold one of my pieces of work. So I remember drawing a uh, 11 by 17 uh, size uh, picture of Benny the Bull, the Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls mascot. I'm a Bulls fan, Bucks fan second. And <clears throat> I remember my buddy buying it, buying it from you for eight bucks. Nice. Okay. So you know, fully colored and stuff like that. So it's like, I damn, you can make money at this. This is yes, it, it did register that I I can yeah. make money at this, and um, you know, that went in, into that went into middle school where I started to do like sell candy and stuff like that. But um, that's the whole entrepreneurial side, right? Yeah. But we were doing, we were always drawing, and then when I got into middle school, uh, it was. It, it just started to flourish a little bit more. Uh, my art teacher, his name was Mr. Graff. I used to love working with this guy because he got me into doing realism, working with charcoal, uh, working with uh, different types of mediums. Uh, I'm a huge, I love painting. I'm a painter. So, and uh, oils over acrylics all day, every day. Mm-hmm. But given the situation, I'll use acrylics. <laughs> but um, uh, one thing I remember him, actually, I had his, my, my mom still has it. One of the re- one of the report cards, and he had made a comment that said, "I can see him doing this in the future," and I never thought that that would be a real thing until I went back and I saw that report card, and and um, I actually have uh, recently been trying to look for him just to tell him like, "Yo, thank you," you know, right? So yeah, um, and that's so Mr. That middle Mr. Graf. Go ahead. Was that Mr. Graf you're looking yeah. for? Mm-hmm. Mr. Graf, if you're listening, we're looking for you. And um, so throughout that time, I in middle school, I did plays. I was really into, I was a thespian for a long time. I was in the theater, heavy musicals, plays, commercials. Um, actually, we did a, uh, I did a Milwaukee production here, which actually won an award. Um, and then that right there, because that was in high school. So that's where, you know, swing choir, magical choir, also, I did plays up until then. So, from sixth grade up until uh, I want to say my second year into college, I was doing a lot of theater stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, that's actually kind of like weed me into college was the theater stuff. I was already going to go to college, but it, it was always the theater thing that was always there, already there. And so, um, reality kicked in a little bit within the theater process. It's like, yo, I can either A, you know, continue to do this and, you know, go to New York or go to LA and suffer for, you know, a little bit and then, you know, you know, work on the work, work to make it successful. I know a few people that are successful in the space. They just became, they're like video producers. Shout out to my boy Hassani in, in Vegas. And, uh, or it's like, you know, cause it was one of those things that hit you where it's like, Hey, if you're in New York, you know, one month you can have three to four shows. You're great. And then the next month you got one, <laughs> right? So, you, you know, it was some of those things like, okay, I needed a little bit more security. So, uh, that's when I started to dive into architecture. And the reason why I dove into architecture is because I, 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 used, I used to love drawing in interior spaces. Mm-hmm. Like I would draw the hallways, I would draw building structures. I'm a huge uh, uh, college, Roberto Calatrava fan. Uh, I love the Milwaukee Art Museum. That's one of my favorite pieces. Um, and so I just really, and Frank Lloyd Wright, which has, he has a m- couple houses here in Milwaukee. And uh, and I just love that type of design. So I went into architecture for a little bit. Uh, it wasn't my thing. Probably there was, you know, two things that came into play in that situation. 
Uh, I didn't have the the best support from an advisor. And, um, you know, that can be deeper than that. It, it, you know, I, I felt like I was treated differently, you know, in those situations. So I didn't have the push support that I needed for that. Um, because there's this one thing where it's like you have to get the keys, especially in the architecture, because UW Milwaukee's architecture program is really dope. And to get the keys, which means you get to go to the next level in the architecture building, which is that means you're actually in the program and you're working hard to get there. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't have the, the necessary support needed to push to get that done. So I ended up switching over to uh, graphic design. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had I, I think I had the best of both worlds because I was in IT at that point. I was working in IT on campus. And so I was a Mac guy already. And I was able to fix my computer and also find the software needed to design. So um, it all worked out in the end when I was doing uh multimedia stuff. So during this period of time, is there one specific design or piece of art or illustration or something that you saw and just is has become something that has stuck with you since maybe like a, the most influential design that you've seen so far? Um, so over time, I, I really became a fan uh, of the Bauhaus movement and the Swift design movement, especially mm -hmm. with um, um, Kandinsky and those guys. Um, it was, I, I'm, if you look at like my painting back there and stuff like that, I, I'm really interested in like these modern, really cool structures, uh, a lot of asymmetrical stuff when it comes to the Swiss design, design stuff. So you will see some of that in my work, um, and also in my paintings as well. Um, and, um, I think those and, and Apple, Apple were those were the main ones that really influenced me. I worked for Apple when I was in college. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got a chance to see on the inside of like not just like looking at their brand, but I looked at how their structure, how the business runs, uh, how the laptops are laid out, how, you know, just looking at all the book stuff that a designer would have to prep from an interior store design to actual design, you know, for us basically with our clothes and all that stuff. So um, always, and I love sim sim simplicity is key. So then I think that's one of the one things that I love about Apple. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Johnny Ives cause he's just a dope dude. Right. So, but they said, they said, they literally set the bar really high for other, um, tech markets out there. So you see a lot of people doing what Apple has already done. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when it comes to visuals, commercials and things of that nature. Yeah. Apple was, you know, the spearheaded a lot of that stuff. So, yeah, I, those were some of the ones that really like drove me to like you know continue with the design. Beautiful. So now, what about designers? Like, are there designers and brands that you are currently looking up to or that you closely follow now? And what do you like about them? Uh, I don't really follow too much mm -hmm. of any brands. Um, I always look at Apple still. Um, I look at Microsoft as well. Um, the reason why I looked at looked at those two mainly are actually HP, is because when I worked in IT uh, mm -hmm. uh, at UWM, we also had a we also have a tech store. So in a tech store, we were, sell we were selling Dells and um, we were also selling Apples. So when we were doing the selling stuff, we see all the marketing material. We see all the stuff that they you know how they want us to have these things laid out and stuff like that. So that's where you know that whole branding guide and branding stuff comes into play. And so I got to see some of that from another perspective on, hey, okay, if we're designing for UWM, 
their logo needs to go here, or mm -hmm. this is how this post will be laid out for them in our store uh, with all of the other uh, pieces within the uh, designs. Beautiful. Yeah. So a couple of good tech influences there that, you know, are, are putting out some good work. Yeah. I would say we always have the benefit of, you know, being eighties babies, uh, date myself, um, that we have the best of both worlds with, without the technology and with the technology. All right, Monty. So now I want to pull up your Instagram feed and I'm going to pull up the, the, the may designs or me designs up on the screen here. And I'm going to pick two or three posts out of there. And I want to hear the story behind them. I want to hear what went into the creative behind them. Okay. Perfect. So there was a bunch that were jumping out at me. So I have to narrow this down. Um, let's start with this one here. <laughs> so with this one, so this is actually on my website, medesignstudios.com. Um, one thing I, I thought about was is I wanted to show a little bit of my dynamics on some of the things that I can do. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is so I was like, well, let me just do a illustration portrait of myself. Um, I was uh, I, I so I used this technique before and I was actually uh, sued by a professional player. I can't say names or anything like that. Yeah. Non-disclosure um, because of trademark infringement and stuff like that. But I was practicing with this athlete. Mm -hmm. And so I really like the technique and, you know, your typical about page, you know, someone has a cool portrait or a portrait of themselves. I'm like, well, let me just make one of myself, mm -hmm. like, you know, from an illustration perspective. Uh, and, and it looks as close as possible to uh, who I am. But it just also just shows like, you know, what I can do with an illustrator, but also uh, creative direction. So how was this created then? You, you did it in Illustrator, but was that done like on an iPad with the Apple Pencil? Was it done on a Wacom? Like how was this done? Uh, it's on a, I have a Wacom tab tablet. Wacom tablet, cool. Mm -hmm. So illustrated out that way directly to Illustrator. Yeah, uh, a tablet saves lives. For anyone that uses <laughs> a mouse, for anyone that uses a mouse, it's cool for a long period of time. But uh, once you realize, once you get a tablet and you just realize how more efficient you become, and how fast are you are able to work with a pencil in your hand technically. And um, yeah, for anyone that doesn't have a tablet, I recommend trying to find one, find a cheat one just to see how it works. Cause mm -hmm. that's literally what I did. I originally, you know, filed one for a hundred bucks. And uh, it was, a, I, for me, if I, if I'm getting technology, I'm not going to get the lowest, the lowest of the crap of it, but I'm going to try and get something in the middle to where I can literally have like a good baseline. Mm -hmm. And so I had got one early on and I used it for a couple of projects, which I realized how quick I can get through some projects, especially when I was working in, in a little bit of animation and uh, an illustrator, as you can see, and also Photoshop. Photoshop was critical, especially with blending and all that stuff mm -hmm. um, and uh, with pressure control and stuff like that. So I got a medium one. I started to use that one. Uh, I kind of went out of date. So I ended up just upgrading. And um, yeah. So sometimes it depends on what it is. If I'm doing more uh, poster-like stuff or document type stuff, I'll probably use my mouse. But if I'm doing some more cross-platform stuff, I'll use my, my, my tablet. Definitely. So I, I also just wanted to point out, I love the post-it notes stuck to the bottom of the monitor I just noticed here, where it says, fall in love with the process. 
Yes, definitely. Um, as a designer, we always have all these cool ideas, right? And we have all these things we want to do, and it's like, man, but I gotta, I gotta do this, but I gotta learn this, and I gotta figure out how to do this. That's the process. So um, uh, I always have to remind myself, fall in love with the process, because some things will be harder than others. Uh, example, yeah. I'm currently learning how to use Houdini. Um, I downloaded the apprentice version. I wanted to get more into kinetic type, kinetic typography and kinetic work uh, within Houdini. And I know it's a, it's not a learning curve, but it's a process to learning how to use the platform and then also being able to <clears throat> create while you're on the platform. So um, definitely follow up the process because the process is the, is the thing that's going to get you to the, the finish line. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Gotta love that. The process, not so much about the result, but if you learn to love the process. Um, so this is the next one I want to talk about. You've got a sort of logo mark here. Um, tell me about this. Tell me what's going on. So it's uh, AWB and it's, uh, is I made it for at first. So the funny thing is, uh, he's my buddy. His name's Ambrose, Ambrose WB. He's a, uh, personal trainer, also a mental, um, uh, mental health trainer, coach type of person for, you know, your mind and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I originally, you know, was doing some sketching. So I always believe in sketching at all times. It's, you know, sometimes when I'm just down, I'll sketch. And so I'll pick certain people, you know, how can I create something different? So I actually did two versions of this just by just sketching and, I happened to just post it and he reached out to me and said, Hey, I love that. Do you have more? So I ended up sending him my other one that I did as well. So he ended up buying both of them uh, because he didn't know which one to pick from. And so um, uh, the idea was, you know, calm, uh, but also uh, a little bit of a, a urban feel to it, which he loved. And, um, this was originally just like a like a few like uh, two strokes of a pencil, so it was like a literally. And then I so I just actually went into detail with it and made it darker, and then uh, transferred it over and just started messing around with the colors and stuff. That's cool. It's almost like one of those moments where you're just like sketching things out and trying some things, and then you do one and you're like, "Oh, damn, that yep. looks good. <laughs> yep. That's so cool." Yep. And I, so for me, it was practice, right? So part of these things, like uh, one thing I learned in about, I originally learned about monograms when we were, you know, in our design program and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And we had to create our own ones. My first original one was horrible that I did it myself for myself. And um, I started to realize that a lot of people's logos are monograms. And, you know, you just create a branding behind it. You create a theme behind it and a story behind it. And so I just started to look at that differently. And when like, you know, close people that I know, like I just recently started working on one for my mom. Her name is Frankie Roberts. So I just started working on an FR for her just for the fun of it. Right. And, that and it just helps me not only practice, but you know, it just, I just like to put a design uh, or a face to people and, and from a design perspective. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. I want people to see this and know that it's you. You know, it's, it's so you interesting how in something as, you know, I know it's not simple, but something that, that looks, you know, so simple like this, you still 
can get personality from it. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm just imagining the one that you're working on for your mom, you're going to come out with something that not only visually looks good and looks like something that would be hers, but also reflects her personality. Yeah. And you know, it's easy, it's easier for me to see that because obviously she's my mom. So yeah, I, you know, <laughs> exactly. um, and I've seen over time what she was able to do and stuff like that. So um, it's just a matter of me just sitting in the office and say, Hey mom, which one do you like? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Love that. Okay. I think I'm going to go with this one here. There's a lot. I think this one really goes to um, sort of that tech stuff that we've been talking about. So let's talk about this one. So uh, this was, I mentioned earlier that I was working for uh, uh, a nonprofit called COA, which is mm-hmm. Children's Outing Association. Mm-hmm. And I was a, um, a STEM uh, teacher, one of the STEM teachers in this program. Uh, it was ran by, her name is Lena. And uh, this, it was, we we're sponsored by Co. So Co's Explore Your Future. So each week we'll each week we'll do, we'll have different uh, curriculum and different stuff for different locations. And uh, we'll go to those locations. So we'll say, we're going to do borax crystals one week. And then one week we'll do more of a, uh, in this case with the airplanes, we did and how far can your airplane go with different types of paper. So Mm -hmm. we're teaching them how to measure and find your median, your mean, your mode and that type of thing. Uh, so with with these were was this was during a pandemic, so the buildings are shut down and we're thinking like okay how can we get some STEM information to uh, the students in mm-hmm. a fun way? Mm-hmm. So what we did was Lena decided to teach the classes via video, and what I would do is I'll go in and I'll do the edits, but also I'll start adding interesting. Uh, effects for the beginning of the videos. Yep. So um, since I don't work there anymore, my YouTube is down, but we did over 40. We did, I think we did 40 videos. Uh, some of them you can tell if, and if you look from the beginning to up until like our 30, 38th or 39th video, mm-hmm. you'll see that difference in me adjusting and starting to do something a little bit more creative with the intros. Yeah. So if you click out and you see the rocket one, um, let me do that here. So if you go scroll up, so up right there, the oh, yeah, rocket right one. Yep. yep, that was another one that I did because we did the rocket, uh, the water bottle rocket launch. Cool. So we have this whole thing with water bottle rockets where they use two liters, and we have this pressure rock rocket launcher. And so the kids get to design and create their own rockets from water from uh, soda bottles in a two liter, and you basically see how far and how high they go. And so uh, this was just an initial beginning of me doing the animation for that because there's stars and stuff like that for space in there too and all that stuff. That's cool, man. Love that motion graphic stuff and getting into the video side of things. It's one of my little like side hobbies for everything that I've created. I really enjoy getting into, you know, Premiere Pro and After Effects and just trying to figure things out and, and, and put things together. But yeah, super cool stuff. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, uh, I love the animation stuff. Um, that's where I started to work in Houdini a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I picked up After Effects. I took a video class, um, uh, and and there and, and it was more about After Effects and Premiere Pro. Yep. But it was what we did more After Effects heavy 
type of work. Yeah. And so that allowed me to just work in it a little bit more and stuff like that. So doing yeah. kinetic typography, being able to do my own thirds and intros and uh, working on some of my own personal stuff. Um, it just allows me to, you know, be a, a, you know, a Swiss army knife when it comes to certain things and saying, Hey, mm -hmm. I can add that part to whatever you need to do too. Yeah. <clears throat> After effects is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very scary, very intimidating program. <laughs> for, for people that like for, for that approach, I always tell people to like, like do bits at a, at a time. Mm -hmm. And if you are already familiar with the interface, it makes it easier for you. So if you've used yeah. Premiere Pro, you'll be able to use After Effects. It's just the way you think about it. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's a, go ahead. I said, just for me, it's like for, for a couple, for a couple of them, I just did some tutorials. Yep. So <clears throat> those tutorials were, were, were most, they're focused tutorials. It wasn't just me. Okay. I'm gonna go pick a tutorial and do that. It was like, okay, I have a task that I want to complete. Let me go find the tutorials for that. Mm -hmm. That allowed me to not only be able to learn where other things are, but be able to create my own workflow in the process. So now I'm at the point where I can't have Adobe Premiere Pro on one screen and After Effects on another screen. Beautiful. Well, Monty, it's time to get into some of the tough stuff, my friend. I've got a couple of questions here that take you through part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, Ooh. and I want to pull those stories out of you, share those with the listeners. And after that, we'll turn it around and we'll finish up in a happy place. Sounds good. Um, so first up, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Uh, I wouldn't say more of a challenging like time I, I've had instances where challenges were like mm -hmm. were happened. I would say, I, I would say it was more of a, my first time getting a, a, an extremely negative criti crit critique. Mm -hmm. And um, I just didn't know how to take it. Now we are, we were, we were built to take criticism as designers. Um, and I take a lot of criticism, especially from our professors at UWM because they were sticklers, right? Mm -hmm. And shout out to them. And <clears throat> so I was able to take, you know, cr criticism, you know, however it came. But in this one instance, it was more so like, damn, that really hurt. You didn't give me no good positive. You just said my shit sucked. And you literally, and he literally said, "What the fuck were you thinking?" That he said that oh. to me, right? So, so how so. is that proper business communication? Right. So, and and another thing is, I looked at this person as you know, um, you know, a, a big brother figure, someone I look up to because this person's in business and all that thing. So, uh, it was just that instance where it was like. It didn't make me. It didn't make me self conscious. It, it did hurt me at that point. I went through a phase of thinking about the process, and in the end, I personally don't think my designs were that bad. Um, I mean, there there could have been some changes and some adjustments. You know, looking at it from now until since then, and but like, yeah, it was like um, you wanted me to do something. You didn't give me. You gave me creative direction. Then you just told me my shit really sucks. <laughs> so. Um, I, it was just like it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, that really was a bad, uh, you know, early on experience with uh, working with a client. Yeah, that's a tough one. So getting a little bit more specific now for this next one, 
Mm-hmm. Can you take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well, did not bring the desired result? What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Um, so I was working for a startup uh, as a user, uh, UX, UI, UI designer. And uh, my goal was to learn uh, about what, how the customer or not a customer, yeah, the customer will work through the admin side of the platform. Mm-hmm. And and I was doing some really good work. You know, I was getting some good feedback internally. And, you know, part of my next steps were in this process because it was also a startup. Now, in this startup phase, which I highly suggest a lot of people do is work for a startup if they mm-hmm. have an opportunity to, because I got a chance to work with everyone and, I've, and I saw everyone. So it was at this point, it was 11 of us. So I, I saw all of the departments in the process, but um, I I was working with you know internally and doing all this stuff. And the one of the co-founders they had got uh, accepted into Microsoft, so uh, for startups. And then, then they flew down to Microsoft down to Microsoft for and they were down there for about like a week or so. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the co-founders came back and he came back with these sketches and these designs from another designer down there. And he looked at me like I wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> like, I was like, wait, what? Like, and, and, you know, there were pieces from the designs that he showed me that were cool, but that compared to everything that I was actually doing, it didn't mm-hmm. compare. Right. But, but for him, he said visually like, oh yeah, they're doing this down there and they show me this. What, what do you got this? What do you got to show for yourself or what do you got to say? I don't know. They're not here. <laughs> you know um um needless it, it, like needless to say i end up i got fired from that job mm-hmm. and it wasn't because of my work performance and what i produced um and uh it was actually because i was working what on what is now like minds that's what they're always going to tell you tell you that you know in that situation but it was the experience that that mattered but it was like yo this went really bad i was doing great work we were getting good feedback from the engineers that w- work for the company. Mm-hmm. We were getting good feedback from some of the other admin people that work in the company. And we were actually getting feedback from two of the clients that we provide services for. And, but you go down to Florida and you go to Microsoft for a week and you come back and you think I, you, you make it seem like I didn't do absolutely nothing. It was like a, like literally like a punch in the face <laughs> a couple times actually. Yeah. So, um, but again, I look at the situation as I did a lot of work for them and I took away a lot of items that I can show people that I've done. So, cool. uh, but it, it just, it just went really bad after that. It, Cause literally after that, they did that trip, everything started to go downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I can imagine that you, you know, somebody comes back in and completely blindsides you with nothing but like negative feedback and criticism that would not feel very nice. Yeah, it was like, hey, if, if it would have been one thing if it's like, hey, these designers came up with these sketches, you know, take a look at them, you know, let's 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 talk about it, you know, let's see how we can incorporate that, or what do you mm-hmm. think about some of these things? It's like, I'm like, because in my in my head, it's like, I've been here for a couple months and I learned this system. I've actually helped put the product together to send it out to clients and stuff like that. So I'm I'm literally in house. Yeah, and you leave for. A week or two, I think it was two weeks, and you come back with these these designs, these sketches from a designer down there, and and you're pretty much looked over everything else that I did. 
So it was it was literally it was one of like okay, I gotta take it for what it is at that situ- at that point. Yeah, hundred percent. So Monty, what about right now? What is something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Uh, I think I, I think I think the main one usually because as a uh, as a person that has your own company and stuff like that, it's pretty much finding solid contracts and mm-hmm. uh, making sure that um, because one thing is I don't want to work for, work for anyone to where say hey you work for me. I always yeah. like working with people. Yes, and uh so it's really hard to come come across some of those type of uh opportunities um i'm working better at it again for me it's like i'm a designer but i'm not that really good at marketing myself as i should be mm-hmm. uh, my wife tells me all the time you have all this stuff you need to just start posting more and doing all these other things i'm like love you're right but i gotta do this and i gotta do that and i gotta do this too so um, at one point, you know, I do have to, you know, delegate that stuff to someone else to do it. But, uh, and that's where I'm learning the other part of the entrepreneurship phase that I'm not too familiar with, right. Is that marketing part of it? Like mm-hmm. I can, I can design the marketing materials. I can give them out to you, but you know, when it comes to rhythm and posting on time, posting at certain times and, you know, attracting a certain audience and then looking at that data, those are things that I'm slowly learning, but yeah. Uh, it is a struggle when you're just like, I just want to create. I just want to create. I just want to create. Yep. No, I agree with that feeling completely. And the other thing too, that I just find there's this like Instagram algorithm exhaustion where it's you're just like putting things out there for the world. You're creating things out there for the world and for a specific audience. And, you know, just you are in, you, you really aren't in any control about who sees that, who gets to see that, who gets to interact with it. And that's like, that's the toughest part. It's like, there's gotta be a a different way. Yeah. And uh, also another thing is, you know, even though I tell myself, it's like, you know, get out your own way on some, Mm -hmm. some things and some things can mean, you know, just posting on uh, a platform that you're unfamiliar with. I started to dive more into uh, Pinterest a little bit, starting to put some of my work on Pinterest because I go to Pinterest for design inspiration mm-hmm. and, you know, and different styles, especially when I'm doing a photo shoot, I go to Pinterest to look at different poses. Um, so I'm starting to learn how to utilize some of these other platforms, you know, from uh, to, to, to give out more knowledge as well. And then I see some of the Instagrammers do the quick, quick tutorial videos. It's like, I ain't trying to teach that right now, <laughs> but, but at the same time, it is, it does show that you you have a process. Uh, so, uh, give or take, but for me, um, I'll just stick to teaching kids, teaching kids some of the de- design stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think mainly it's just the marketing stuff, which is the toughest stuff about getting your clients. Cause once you get the client, you got, is, you know, it's your goal to keep the client right yep. and, and perform. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm pretty good about that part. It's the part of making sure you get the clients and, and showing the work. And one thing Keisha told me um, with my website is, so I'm still doing some stuff, but I started to do my uh, more explanation of my work, right? Cause I can easily tell you where those designs came from. Like we did at the Instagram stuff. Mm-hmm. I can easily tell you how I do that, but now I have to verbally write that out or physically write that out. Now, here's my goal. Here's the problem or here's the execution or here's what I got to the, from beginning to end. Now yeah. I have to start writing that stuff out so people can actually see that I have a thought process versus actually just seeing, seeing my work. Yeah. 
100%. Okay, Monty, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you. I want to now ask you about, can you tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing? Uh, so recently, um, I did a uh, I did a design for a nonprofit located in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're under, I believe it's uh, Alliance for Police Accountab- Accountability, it's APA. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started this program where they wanted to bring in uh, younger uh, Black people to teach them about campaigning, teach them about uh, learning how protesting, organizing the proper way, and uh, teaching them and sending them back off into their respective areas to mm-hmm. learn how to do these things. And so the project is called Activism is Love. And um, I didn't post it yet, but um, I, the reason why I think this one was so fun and amazing is because it probably took me, I want to say, four or five sketches until I got to this one. And as soon as I got to it, I said, oh, this is it. They're going to pick this one. And um, sure enough, you know, when I sent out the sketches, because there's there's certain clients, there's there's certain clients that I really like to work with. Yeah. There's clients that, you know, just want you to do the work and, and, and provide the product. And or and there's also those clients that like to be with you throughout the process. And mm-hmm. I really like working with clients like that because I'll, I'll, I'll show them sketches like, hey here's my thought process so far. Is this the right direction that you like me to go in? You know, I'll label them with, you know, one through six or seven or maybe 10, depends on how many sketches I've done. And I'll pick the certain ones and say, hey, which ones stick out to you? Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me which ones they stick out to. And then I'll move to the next phase, which is, you know, darkening them up and, you know, throwing a Sharpie on them and, and, and then also, you know, it depends on which ones. I'll go straight to digital. Right. And then, but all you're seeing, it isn't black and white. And then we can narrow it down. So I like going through that process with them because they don't see colors yet. They don't see any of that. They see the slow development of it and they see my mood board. They see how I'm thinking about it. And I stay in tune with them. So I don't lose them at any point. Yep. And so I really like that process when I, when I'm working with uh, clients. Love that one. So this one, you basically got to that final sketch and you knew in your gut. like I knew it was it. And then so the when I transferred it over, because um, they already told me what color they wanted. So they, yep. they wanted the same color as the comp, the, the uh, APA. So it was, okay. it was like a, it's like a crim, like a crimson red, maybe like a darker red. And uh, so that part was easy. Right. And once and the reason why I knew it was it was gold, because I got that aha moment out of them. Right. We were yeah. on call and they like, I love it. You know, it was like, this is it. That's the one. I don't care about any of the other ones. We're going with that one. Yeah. And, you know, that right there just made literally that's the part that makes your heart sing. Right. Like, yeah. yes, they love oh, it. It feels so and, good. And so they haven't really did anything with it yet, which is which is like I get it, you know, nonprofits situations and all that stuff. I understand it. Um, so what I did was I ended up just going and getting them printed on some sweaters. And, um, I mean, people, I walk around, it's like, these are one of one sweaters. And so, uh, people like, yo, where you get that sweater from? I want that sweater. I'm like, nah, bro, I can't. I, a client bought this. This is, this is just a one of one. This is just, I'm walking around with my work on me. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so you can see that. Uh, but um, yeah, it was just it's it's powerful. It's modern. It's lean, and um, it 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 wanted to say we're protesting. We're fighting for our uh, we're fighting for our rights, and we're gonna do that. Continuously do that. Do that peacefully. But mm-hmm. and we're doing it with love. And but we're here. We're fighting. Yeah. And I feel like this design put all of that within this one mark and um i'll i'll show it to you uh at some point as well um cool. i don't know if i can screen share but um i will i'll show it to you it doesn't matter doesn't matter but it, yeah i was just really excited for it and i look at it a lot like you know you did a good job on that one <laughs> that's cool that's a cool one well, Manchi, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. That's where I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay, so my last guest was Mr. Tom Briggs. He's a graphic designer for Specialized Bikes. He currently lives in Toronto, and he wanted to ask you, what is your least designer job that you had leading into your design career? <clears throat> Um, my least, uh, that would be production design. Um, I, I did it for, actually, I did it for two companies before. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit of production, production design for Subaru, but I did a lot of production design for taste of home. Um, it's then the reason why it depends on the company now because with, with production design, I kind of, it was okay and I enjoyed it over at Subaru. Mm-hmm. And I was also, because Subaru has so many different moving parts and so many different things from website interactions to um, uh, showroom stuff and all those mm-hmm. things, right? So I had a range of things. Um, but doing like product 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 uh, production design for takes the phone was pretty boring um it was <laughs> um no shot at taste of home but they had a process at that point it's probably a little different now but um it was really boring i mean i had some opportunities to do some stuff in photoshop where i probably have to like remove some stuff or add some stuff change some mm-hmm. lighting or move or add some text that type of thing but um yeah, when it comes to production design, if it's not a cool company where you kind of know that that production design is going to lead you to do some other cool stuff, I know it's just not something for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what about that's like completely not design at all, like working in a tire shop or working at, at a restaurant or something? Did you, what was the, like leading in? Did you have any non-design jobs at all? Uh, any non-design jobs? Early on, I mean, I started working when I was 14, 15 ish. Um, I was working at Popeye's Chicken. <laughs> yeah, and, I had Popeye's and, yesterday. Right. Um, <laughs> too bad. I live the vegan life now. So, yeah. um, but no, I, 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 I was working early on. My mom already had the mindset of me to have a work ethic. Mm-hmm. And, um part of that was you know hey you work to get what you want and then i'll help you get what you need yep so like all the other stuff like me one of my driver's license i work to get it you know or me one of my first cell phone 
I worked to get it, those type mm-hmm. of things. So um I think, yeah, it was the fast food chains that I did because I did Popeyes, I did McDonald's, I did Culver's. <laughs> um I did uh no, those were the main ones. The other ones I were kind of were more so like kind of like RT related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. No, that's exactly what we're going for. So, Monty, what is the question that you would like me to ask the next guest for you? So the question I have for the next guest is, do you still sketch? Nice. I come across, it's, it's, I ask that because I come across a lot of designers that skip that phase. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> and, you know, and I get that, you know, sometimes you're working in a faster paced environment. And I've been, I've worked in fast paced environments as well, but I still made that room to do some sketching. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you hear something and, or you, someone actually do a project, you have all these schematics in your head, right? You have, oh, I can do this and lay this out. And it's like, no, I need to actually visually see that right away. So yeah. the quickest way to do that is I, I, I'm, I'm going to sketch it out. Um, I have a ton of sketchbooks laying around. So it's like, sometimes I have to go through multiple to see where I started, but um, I think sketching is still like the best way to start work from yep. any, from any, from any, any type of, uh, design or art structure or mm-hmm. perspective. Um, so I'm just curious to see, you know, how many people actually still do sketch. Love it. And Monty, with that, you have reached the end of the quickie podcast, man. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Yeah, no problem, man. It was a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on just a sec. All right, that is the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening today. And you know what? In celebration of the 250th episode here, I would really appreciate it if you went to either Apple Podcasts or Spotify and left a rating and a review for the show. Tell you why, tell me why you love it. Tell me what your favorite episode is. Just tell me what I'm doing right and give it five stars. Why not? I would really appreciate that. Head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to leave that review. And as always, we'll see you next week. Later.